Chapter twelve of The Sword of Damocles by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Belinda makes conditions. For of the soul the body form doth take, for soul is form, and doth the body make. Spencer. Miss Belinda was somewhat taken aback at the proposal of Mr. Sylvester to receive Paula into his own house she had not anticipated any such result to her efforts the utmost she had expected was a couple of years or so of instruction in some state academy nor did she know whether she was altogether pleased at the turn affairs were taking from all she had heard her niece owner was to say the least a frivolous woman and paula had a mind too noble to be subjected to the deteriorating influence of a shallow and puerile companionship then the child had great beauty mr sylvester who ought to be a judge in such matters had declared it so and what might not the adulation of the thoughtless and the envy of the jealous do towards belittling a nature as yet uncontaminated we ought to think twice she said to miss abby with some bitterness who on the contrary never having thought once was full of the most childish hopes concerning a result which she considered with a certain secret complacency she would not have acknowledged for the world had been very much furthered by her own wise recommendations to mr sylvester in the beginning of his visit yet notwithstanding her doubts miss belinda allowed such preparations to be made as she considered necessary and even lent her hand, which was deft enough in its way, to the task of enlarging the child's small wardrobe. As for Paula, the thought of visiting the great city with the dear friend whose image had stood in her mind from early childhood as the impersonation of all that was noble, generous and protecting, was more than joyful, it was an inspiration not that she did not cling to the affectionate if somewhat quaint couple who had befriended her childhood and sacrificed their comfort to her culture and happiness but the chord that lies deeper than gratitude had been struck and fond as were her memories of the dear old home the charm of that deep my child with its hint of fatherly affection was more than her heart could stand and no spot no not the realms of fairyland itself looked so attractive to her fancy as that far fireside in an unknown home where she might sit with cousin owner and alternately with her exert her wit to beguile the smile to his melancholy lips when therefore upon the stated day mr sylvester made his second appearance at the little cottage in grotewell it was to find paula radiant miss abby tearfully exultant and miss belinda oh anomaly of human nature silent and severe attributing this however to her very natural regret at parting with paula he entered into all the arrangements for their departure on the following morning without a suspicion of the real state of her mind nor was he undeceived until the day was nearly over and they sat down to have a few minutes of social conversation before the early tea 
they had been speaking on some local topic involving a question of right and wrong and mr sylvester's ears were yet thrilling to the deep ringing tones with which paula uttered the words i do not see how any man can hesitate an instant when the voice of his conscience says no i should think the very sunlight would daunt him at the first step of his foot across the forbidden line when miss belinda suddenly spoke up and sending paula out of the room on some trivial pretext addressed mr sylvester without reserve i have something to say to you sir before you take from my home the child of my care and affection could he have guessed what that something was that he should turn with such a flush of sudden anxiety to meet her determined gaze the rules of our life here have been simple continued she in a tone of voice which those who knew her well recognized as belonging to her uncompromising moods to do our duty love god and serve our neighbor paula has been brought up to reverence those rules in simplicity and honor what will your gay city life with its hollow devices for pleasure and its loose hold on the firm principles of life do for this innocent soul mr sylvester the city he said firmly but with a troubled undertone in his voice that was not unnoted by the watchful woman is a vast cauldron of mingled good and evil she will hear of more wrongdoing and be within the reach of more self-denying virtue than if she had remained in this village alone with the nature that she so much loves the tree of knowledge bears two kinds of fruit miss belinda would you therefore hinder the child from approaching its branches no sir i am not so weak as to keep a child in swaddling clothes after the period of infancy is past neither am i so reckless as to set her adrift on an unknown sea without a pilot to guide her your wife she paused and fixed an intent look upon the flames leaping before her ona is my niece she resumed in a lower tone of voice and i feel entitled to speak with freedom concerning her is she such a guide as i would choose for a young girl just entering a new sphere in life from all i have heard i should judge she was somewhat over devoted to this world and its fashions mr sylvester flushed painfully but seeing that any softening of the truth would be wholly ineffectual with this woman replied in a candid tone ona is the same now as she was in the days of her girlhood if she loves the world too well she is not without her excuse from her birth it has strewn nothing but roses in her path <laughs> came from the lips of the energetic spinster then with a second stern glance at the fire continued another question mr sylvester does your wife consent to receive my niece into her house for the indefinite length of time which you mention from interest in the girl herself or indeed from any motive i should judge worthy of paula it is a leading question i know but this is no time for niceties of speech 
"'Miss Belinda,' replied he, and his voice was firm, though his fingers slightly trembled where they rested upon the arms of his chair. "'I will try and forget for a moment that Ona is my wife, and frankly confide to you that any such motive on her part, as would meet with your entire approval, must not be expected.' from a woman who has never fully recognized the solemn responsibilities of life. That she will be kind to Paula, I have no doubt. That she may even learn to take an interest in her for her own sake is also very possible. But that she will ever take your place towards her as guide or instructor, I neither anticipate nor would feel myself justified in leading you to. The look which Miss Belinda cast him was anything but reassuring. And yet, said she, you will take away my darling and give her up to an influence that cannot be for good, or your glance would not be so troubled, or your lip so uncertain. You would set her young feet in a path where the very flowers are so thick they conceal its tendency and obscure its dangers. Mr. Sylvester, you are a man who has seen life with naked eyes and must recognize its responsibilities. Dare you take this Paula, whom you have seen, out of the atmosphere of truth and purity in which she has been raised, and give her over to the enervating influences of folly and fashion? Will you assume the risk and brave the consequences as though an electric shock had touched the nerve of his nature mr sylvester hastily rose and moved in a restless manner to the window it was his favourite refuge in any time of sudden perplexity or doubt and this was surely an occasion for both miss belinda he began and then paused looking out on the hills of his boyhood every one of which spoke to him at that moment with a force that almost sickened his heart and benumbed the faculties of his mind. I recognize the love which leads you to speak in this way, and I bow before it, but... Here his tongue faltered again, that ready tongue whose quick and persuasive eloquence on public occasions had won for him the name of Silver Speech, among his friends and admirers but there are others who love your paula also love her with a yearning that only the childless can feel or the disappointed appreciate i had hoped here he left the window and approached her side to do more for paula than to give her the temporal benefit of a luxurious home and such instruction as her extraordinary talents demand if Ona, upon seeing and knowing the child had found she could love her, I had intended to ask you to yield her to us unreservedly and forever. In short, to make her my child, in place of the daughter I have lost. But now, with a quick gesture, he began pacing the floor and left the sentence unfinished. Miss Belinda's eyes, which were of a light grey, wholly without beauty but with strange flashes of expression in them left the fire and fell upon his face and a tear of real feeling gathered beneath her lids 
"'I had no idea,' said she, "'that you cherished any such intention as that. "'If I had, I might have worded my apprehensions differently. "'The yearning feeling of which you speak, I can easily understand. "'Also the strength of the determination it must take "'on the part of a man like yourself "'to give up a hope of this nature. "'Yet,' seeing him pause in his hurried pacing and open his lips as if to speak she deferentially stopped miss belinda said he in the firm and steadfast way more in keeping with his features than his agitated manner of a moment before i cannot give it up the injury it would do me is greater than the harm which one of paula's lofty nature would be apt to acquire in any atmosphere into which she might chance to be introduced she is not a child miss belinda though we allude to her as such the texture of those principles which you have instilled into her breast is of no such weak material as to give way to the first petty breeze that blows paula's house will stand while mine he paused and gave way to a momentary struggle but that over he set his lips firmly together and the last vestige of irresolution vanished sitting down by her side he turned his face upon her and for the first time she realized the power which with one exception he had always exerted over the minds of others miss belinda said he i am going to give you an evidence of my trust i am going to leave with you the responsibility of paula's future she shall go with me and learn if she can to love me and mine but she shall also be under obligations to open her heart to you on all matters that concern her life and happiness in my house and the day you see any falling off in her pure and upright spirit you shall demand her return and though it tears the heart from my breast i will yield her up without question or parley as i am a gentleman and a christian does that content you it certainly ought to sir no one could ask more i am sure returned the other in a voice somewhat unsteady for her it is opening my house to the gaze of a stranger said he for i desire you to command paula to withhold nothing that seriously affects her but my confidence in you is unbounded and i am sure that whatever you may learn in this way will be held as sacred by you as though it were buried in a tomb it certainly will sir as for the dearer hope which i have mentioned time and the condition of things must decide for us meanwhile i shall strive to win a father's place in her heart if only to build myself a refuge for the days that are to come you see i speak frankly miss belinda will you give me some token that you are not altogether dissatisfied with the result of this conversation with the straightforward if somewhat blunt action that characterized all her movements she stretched out her hand which he took with something more than his usual high-bred courtesy with you at the wheel said she i think i may trust my darling 
even to the whirl and follies of such a society as i know ona loves a man who can so command himself ought to be a safe guide to pioneer others and the considerate gentleman bowed but the frank smile that hailed her genial clasp had somehow vanished and from the sudden cloud that at that moment swept over the roseate heavens fell a shadow that left its impress on his lip long after the cloud itself had departed an hour or so had passed the fire was burning brightly on the hearthstone illumining with a steady glow the array of stuffed birds worsted samplers and old-fashioned portraits with which the walls were adorned but reserving its richest glow and fullest irradiation for the bended head of paula who seated on a little stool in the corner of the hearth was watching the rise and fall of the flickering flames she had packed her little trunk had said good-bye to all her neighbouring friends and was now sitting on the old hearthstone musing upon the new life that was about to open before her it was a happy musing as the smile that vaguely dimpled her cheeks and brightened her eyes beneath their long lashes amply testified as mr sylvester watched her from the opposite side of the hearth where he was sitting alone with his thoughts he felt his heart sink with apprehension at the fervour of anticipation with which she evidently looked forward to the life in the new home the young wings think to gain freedom thought he when they are only destined to the confinement of a gilded cage he was so silent and looked so sad paula with a certain sort of sensitiveness to any change in the emotional atmosphere surrounding her which was one of her chief characteristics hastily looked up and meeting his eye fixed on her with that foreboding glance softly arose and came and sat down by his side you look tired murmured she the long ride after a day of business care has been too much for you it was the first word of sympathy with his often over-wearied mind and body that had greeted his ears for years it made his eyes moisten i have been a little overworked said he for the last two months but i shall soon be myself again what were you thinking of paula what was i thinking of repeated she drawing her chair nearer to his in her loving confidence i was thinking what wonders of beauty and art lay in that great kernel which you call the city i shall see lovely faces and noble forms i shall wander through halls of music the echo of whose songs may have come to me in the sob of the river or the sigh of the pines but whose notes in all their beauty and power have never been heard by me even in my dreams i shall look on great men and touch the garments of thoughtful women i shall see life in its fullness as i have felt nature in its mightiness and my heart will be satisfied at last mr sylvester drew a deep breath and his eyes burned strangely in the glow of the firelight you expect high things 
said he, did you ever consider that the life in a great city, with its ceaseless rush and constant rivalries, must be often strangely petty in despite of its artistic and social advantages? All life has its petty side, said she, with a sweet arch look. The eagle that cleaves the thundercloud must sometimes stop to plume its wings. I should be sorry to lose the small things out of existence. Even we, in the face of that great sunset appealing to us from the west, have to pile up the firewood on the hearth and set the table for supper. But fashion, Paula, he pursued, concealing his wonder at the maturity of mind evinced by this simple child of nature, that inexorable power that rules the very souls of women who once step within the magic circle of her realm. Have you never thought of her and the demands that she makes on the time and attention even of the worshippers of the good and the true? Yes, sometimes, she returned, with a repetition of her arch little smile. When I put on a certain bonnet I have, which Aunt Abby modelled over from one of my grandmother's. Fashion is a sort of obstinate step-dame, I imagine, whom it is less trouble to obey than to oppose. I don't believe I shall quarrel with fashion, if she will only promise to keep her hands off my soul. But if, with a pause, she asks your all, what then? I shall consider that I am in a country of democratic principles, she laughed, and beg to be excused from acceding to the tyrannical demands of any autocrat, male or female. You have been listening to Miss Belinda, said he. She is also opposed to all and any tyrannical measures. Then, with a grave look from which all levity had fled, he leaned toward the young girl and gently asked, Do you know that you are a very beautiful girl, Paula? She flushed, looked at him in some surprise, and slowly drooped her head. I have been told I looked like my father, said she, and I know that means something very kind. My child, said he, with gentle insistence, God has given you a great and wonderful gift a treasure casket of whose worth you scarcely realize the value. I tell you this myself, first because I prize your beauty as something quite sacred and pure, and secondly because you are going where you will hear words of adulation whose folly and bluntness will often offend your ears unless you carry in your soul some talisman to counteract their effect. I understand, said she. I know what you mean. I will remember that the most engaging beauty is nothing without a pure mind and a good heart. And you will remember too, continued he, that I blessed your innocent head tonight, not because it is circled by the roses of a youthful and fresh loveliness, but because of the pure mind and good heart I see shining in your eyes. And with a fond but solemn aspect, he reached out his hand 
and laid it on her ebon locks. She bowed her head upon her breast. I will never forget, said she, and the firelight fell with a softening glow on the tears that trembled from her eyelashes. End of chapter 12